0: Jesus stood among them and said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe.
1: And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. I'm Kara Cardell.
0: And I'm Fred Schellebarger. And you're listening to My Lord and My God, Encountering Christ in the Eucharist.
1: We are continuing our dive into scripture this week by looking at kind of... I guess, yeah, kind of like the history of the mass. It's more like salvation history. So looking at the mass through kind of what we did, I guess, with the manna in the desert. We went back to Exodus in the Old Testament in order to prepare for talking about the manna and the bread in uh, in the New Testament in John. So we're kind of going to do the same thing. We're going to deep dive into the Old Testament for my part, specifically Exodus. But I know Fred's been like nerding out. You had your own Uh, version of nerding out. He was diving into like rabbinic.
0: Yeah, that Um, used to be my jam. Yeah. yeah. Can you say rabbinic literature is my jam? Was my jam. Was my jam. I don't know if I've ever heard that sentence before.
1: It makes you cool.
0: Yes, I suppose.
1: You're cool. (laughs) So we're going to do the same thing going into... um, Basically, the Old Testament, what would be, quote, history Mm -hmm. or kind of like the prefigurement or the beginning of like the practice of the mass. And what later episodes are going to show is how the mass is still carrying on those Jewish roots. So it's really beautiful. So, Fred, what is specifically the topic?
0: We are looking at Jesus as the new Passover lamb.
1: Yes. So we're looking at basically looking at the like, what is the Passover um, from the Old Testament mm-hmm. and the Jewish celebration of it. And then and how it, is
0: it prefigured? Yes. Uh, how is Jesus' sacrifice prefigured in the Old Testament, Yeah, particularly in the Passover? And how is Jesus the new Passover lamb?
1: Yep, exactly. So. And then future episodes are going to kind of show too, how is our current practice in mm-hmm. the Mass and our worship um, continuing similar, um, similar things that they believed in their Passover? Yes. Yeah so i'm looking forward to it i remember actually hearing a story maybe it's not a story maybe it was about a book um and i'm pretty sure like maybe i'm making this up i don't know i will try and look and see if i can put something in the (laughs) show yeah someone once told me um i thought that i had heard something about somebody who was jewish and so they were familiar with all the customs they had had, um, or they had you know gone through the, the the passover and everything and they went to catholic mass and like they could could see mm-hmm. those Passover traditions in the Catholic Mass. And I think they wrote a book about it. Or yeah, that that that's that true, happen? actually. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. In even um when I studied, I almost had a minor in Hebrew and I was working on a masters degree in rabbinic literature before my adventure into the Catholic church. And yeah. we often it's funny enough, as a non Catholic, we often looked at examples in Christian liturgy versus uh, the Jewish faith, and you could see yeah. a lot of similarities. It's kind of what made it so easy for me to make that jump. Yeah. You know, I think you see it also in the prayers, like, what do we hear at ma- during the Mass? I'm going to skip ahead maybe a little bit. That's but, fine. But we hear in in the Jewish prayers, we hear, blessed are you, Lord God, who brings forth bread from the earth. That's in the, the Passover mm-hmm. prayers that every Jew would know. Does that sound familiar, Kara? Yeah. Those, we... In our Mass, we use the words directly Bless from the you, Jewish yeah. liturgy. Mm-hmm. Also, blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who creates fruit from the vine. Does that sound familiar?
1: Mm-hmm. I think just the, like, blessed are you is, I mean, right. we say that. In, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Adonai. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: That's very cool. I think sometimes, too, like I, I mentioned this on a, on a different one. Like, sometimes it's like we forget that the people that Jesus was preaching to, like, they had... A tradition they had a way of life and so mm-hmm. the things that he institutes are going to pull from that naturally mm-hmm. because it prepares them like they're already primed to be like oh that makes so much sense but right. now here's like the fulfillment of it Yes,
0: yeah, so much of our liturgy particularly as catholics is drawn directly from our jewish heritage yeah i don't know where this quote is but i remember using this quote in a presentation i gave one time on uh, the Jewish roots of our early Christian faith, and kind of looking at the church fathers, and I uh, quoted John Paul II, who said, "If he scratch a Christian, he bleeds Jew." In mm-hmm. uh, the context, there was respect for the Jewish faith and yeah. the Jewish people. Recognizing that, like, that's from where our faith grows.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there are a lot of books out there who, um, Bram Petrie writes really, and Scott Hahn obviously, he does, but they, yeah. they write really well on this, the fourth cup and the new Passover. But I, I like, I like him, I like his teachings. But there are a lot of books out there too. So, okay, we're gonna get in. What is, the passover we'll just start there what's the passover what
0: is the passover yeah you want me to tell the story
1: well you can tell (laughs) the story yeah tell the story yeah so uh, people who don't know what what we're saying it's the new passover it's like what's the passover as somebody who did not know what the passover was in college until i went to college to study scripture Mm -hmm. what's the passover
0: what's the passover (laughs) so the context exodus 12 would be uh the jewish people israel in particular uh they weren't called jews yet at the time sorry kiki yeah. History lesson. No, there. yeah, that's right. Um, they had been enslaved in Egypt for over 400 years. Um, God tells Moses to go before Pharaoh and declare, let my people go. And Pharaoh doesn't want to listen. He doesn't want to do that. Right. And God sends plagues, yep. 10 of them to be exact. And it was on that 10th one, uh, which was the death of the firstborn. Mm-hmm. Um where he changed his mind. Now, the Jewish people, or Israel, I should say, sorry, habit, Israel had to do a particular thing yeah. to avoid that 10th plague. Mm-hmm. They had to slaughter a lamb, which had to be perfect and without blemish. Yeah. That should stand out to us. And they had to sacrifice the lamb. The father of every house had to do that and pour the, the blood of that lamb into a bowl and uh, take some hyssop and... Basically, dab the, the the doorposts and the lintel of the door. That should be a shape that sounds familiar to us, kind of speaking, right. almost like in a cross shape, right. uh, to mark that that house was covered by the blood of the lamb, if you will. And then the the family all had to consume the meat, yeah, the flesh of the lamb, yeah. And that's important to point out. That was part of the deal, like when that was completing. The Passover celebration was consuming the lamb. Right. There was not a vegan option there. Mm. There wasn't a beyond meat lamb, <laughs> you know, beyond meat Passover yeah. sacrifice here. Yeah. Um <clears throat> sorry for picking on vegans there. Um Your family it, <laughs> is part of that. So yeah. like yeah. he's really not picking on you. Yeah. So um, that was part of the deal. And mm-hmm. the angel of death, if you will, sometimes we call him, comes, slays the firstborn of Egypt. And um, Pharaoh relents yeah. and lets Israel go. Yeah. So that's the last thing that happens before they move into the promised land is that sacrifice of that lamb, sprinkling of the blood on the doorpost and the lentil and consuming the flesh of the limb.
1: Yeah, I had this thing here I was gonna read, but Fred basically just said everything that was <laughs> that was in it, which is really good. Oh, I did. Yes, it, yeah. Because there's story time, kids. I yeah, <laughs> ready. Um, so I won't read it, but it, it's it's basically talking about typology, right. and it's from um, ACM Association of what is it? Association of something. Catechumenal ministries. Catechumenal yep. Ministries, and they they. Um, They do really beautiful work with RCA and stuff, Mm -hmm. and they have a lot of awesome resources. But within this, it's talking about, okay, types of prefigurements of the Holy Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And that is, it's the Passover is the primary um, one that they turn to. And it's exactly what Fred was talking about. I think the things that stand out to me are the male unblemished lamb. Um, And then also when it it says, after sprinkling the lamb's blood on their doorposts, they were to eat the flesh Along with unleavened bread. Right. And so again, we talked about this in the manna episode, this connection of flesh and bread. And bread yeah. And that connection, obviously, with the Eucharist. I feel like like this is typology. You know right. what I mean? Like there are these connections where material things in our world and like they pick up meaning throughout time and throughout God's plan and and it shows in scripture. So bread has picked up this meaning throughout history, and, and it's often linked with flesh in several mm. stories in Scripture, which I found to be so fascinating. Um, and that comes to, obviously, fulfillment in the Eucharist, where Christ, the bread, becomes Jesus, who is the fulfillment of all of Scriptures. But so in this passage, it's talking like this. The Passover wasn't just something they did in Egypt. It was something that God instructed them to do every single yes. year, yeah. to remember Right their freedom from Egypt. And so this is what this passage says from from AC, this ACM document. It says all of this was intended to remind them of God's mighty deeds that liberated them from bondage and of their hasty departure from Egypt. I think the same goes to just like pointing to the mass. Like, why do we celebrate the mass? Why are we encouraged to go to mass every single day? Um, You know, just like they're encouraged to do the Passover every year, to remember what God did for them. Mm. And in the catechism of, of the Catholic Church, one of the fruits of communion points exactly to that. It says, holy communion separates us from sin. So sin is our true bondage. Sin mm-hmm. is our true slavery. And one of the fruits of going and and receiving in the new Passover is our freedom from slavery, mm-hmm. but it's slavery to sin. So those are some of the things that stood out to me just like looking back on their practice of it right. and how it points to, um, points to the new Passover.
0: Right. Like you said, they, they celebrated this and God commanded it to be so. Every you know every year yeah. around that around that date, pa- they kept watch on when the date of the Passover would be, and they celebrated every year. Fam fathers would sit down and and lead their children through the account. The children would ask questions like, "Why is this night different than any other night?" Right, and and the father would say, "It is because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt." Hmm. Also, we we hear things like, it's because once we were slaves Mm -hmm. and now we're free, you know? Yeah. There's a beautiful scene in The Passion of the Christ where Mary Magdalene, or where Mary asked Mary Magdalene that, as I recall, and it's-
1: Yeah, why is tonight different? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think you get that Passover connection there from the original Passover to what's about to take place in- Christ, suffering and dying.
1: Well, and they already would have had those words read in the Passion of Christ because they just celebrated Passover. They they did, so it would have been fresh. But
0: if we look at like Jewish tradition, a lot of that is recorded in something called the Mishnah. Mm -hmm. So that would be the Jewish faith has scripture and tradition just like we do, especially at the time of Christ. The Mishnah was basically that tradition written down Mm -hmm. and in there it says in every generation a man must so regard himself as if he came forth himself out of Egypt for it is written therefore we are bound to give thanks notice Mm -hmm. the word thanks there Mm -hmm. but that that's pointing to the reality that Jesus says as often as you will do this in remembrance of me so for the the Jewish faith the Jewish people celebrating the Passover they were really present yes yes It was not a fond remember. Yeah. It was, I'm there. This really happened to me. Yeah. And that's the kind of faith, like, that's the way we have to approach Christ in the Eucharist. It's the way we have to live our faith. What do we say about the Mass? I know we're going to get there. We're going to get there, yeah. It's actual participation from the heart. Like, when we celebrate Mass, when we receive the Eucharist, when we witness the cross, we're there in the upper room with Christ, as he institutes the Eucharist, which we'll talk about in an upcoming episode. But we're also there at the cross, at the foot of the cross, as Christ's blood is poured out for us. Right. In that same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I want to hop back to what you said. Note the word thanks only because people might be like, "Why? Why do I need to note the word thanks?" Um, because right. Eucharist means thanks. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, it means thanks. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. why. But to go a little deeper into what you said, Fred, for anyone who might have um, might have missed like the full meaning of that, in Exodus twelve verse fourteen. Uh, God says, talking about the Passover and instruction for Passover, this day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations and shall observe it as your as an ordinance forever. So that word memorial, like it's not just this symbolic, What this is what you were getting at. It's mm. not just a symbolic, let's sit down and have the same meal we did so that we can remember what he did for us. This memorial and remembrance, the practice of it, um, was in the Jewish tradition, it was exactly what you said. It, it was no, this is being re-presented. Like we are present right now in this moment of Passover in Egypt, and the Lord is saving us from slavery. And so it's not it's not just this like symbolic um, symbolic meal.
0: Right, and we have to point that out because going back, what I was saying earlier, the climax of the Passover was eating the flesh. Right. It was not the killing of the lamb. Right. It's the same way with Christ in the Eucharist. Like his death on the cross, yeah, it is finished, but we have to consume his flesh.
1: Yeah. So that brings actually a really good point that I wanted to talk about. So there are actually three things that you had to do for during Passover. They were like mm-hmm. the necessities or the prescriptions or whatever that you had to do. And a professor of mine once used that kind of an easy saying, kill, spill, eat your fill. Right. And those are the three things that they had to do. They had to kill the lamb, which we already talked about, mm. an unblemished male lamb, no broken bones. Mm. And obviously that's significant because on Jesus, there were no broken bones. Yeah, I want to, let's come, we'll back come back to that. that. Okay, great. Yep. And then you have to spill the lamb's blood into basins and mark the door with hyssop. And that's in verse, it's Exodus 12, verse 22. Yep. And so that makes, uh, like you said, they're basically making a, making cross, a cross, making the yeah. sign of the cross. Okay. And then the last one is, eat your fill of the flesh of the lamb with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. That's in verse Mm 8. So kill, spill, and eat your fill. And we see the way upon the cross that Jesus makes himself, he offers himself up as this lamb, male, unblemished, no broken bones. They come and pierce his side. Water and blood spill out. So there's the spilling of the blood, also in the scourging, lots of spilling of blood. But then where's the eat your fill? So the eating of... Of our fill is every single day when he is offered up and he and we are brought back in a memorial upon the cross at Mass. Right. And we go up to receive communion. So it is a new Passover that we're right. eating the lamb.
0: Yeah. A new Passover initiating a new exodus. Yeah. You know, the, we're delivered from sin slavery. slavery to sin and death. We consume his flesh. And we talked about this in the last episode. But notice the completion of that Passover is what? Jesus says it. We hear the words at Mass. This, this is my body, broken for you, given mm-hmm. up for you. Uh, this is my blood. This is the blood of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. Consuming that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: can we consume a symbol? Right. Can we consume a quaint symbolic memory? Right. And Jesus says, no wonder, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. Well, that's the sign of the covenant. If Israel had only sacrificed and not ate the flesh of the lamb, they would have woke up to their firstborn being dead just the same as Egypt. Yeah. Like there's there's something to that covenant that it's not just symbolic. Yeah. And yet there is some symbolism there. There's a greater truth like Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. It's part of the covenant. It's part of that deal. It's part of coming into that new exodus. It's part of crossing over into the promised land.
1: Right. Okay, so let's come back to the no broken bones.
0: No broken bones. I think I love like all of the typology and symbolism and like things that point to other things. Yeah. And you've mentioned this. This has came up in a few recent shows we've recorded. But how there's there's nothing insignificant in scripture yeah like it might seem like why does that line matter mm-hmm. so it had to be a perfect lamb without blemish so as the jewish tradition grew there would set aside that lamb for several days to observe it and make sure it was perfect without blemish in a lot of ways we see that happening with jesus in the closing days before the passion we see he's questioned by the jewish leaders uh, we see that in Matthew 21 in particular. Like, is he is the he one?
1: perfect? Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's funny, too, because when we first meet John the Baptist, what's the words out of his mouth? Behold the Lamb of God. That's like, hello, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Lamb of God. This is this is that perfect Lamb. We go back all the way back to Abraham. The Lord himself will provide a sacrifice. So yeah, it all connects. I love those connections.
1: Connects. I'm excited to talk about those ones, yeah. maybe in a later episode.
0: But when Jesus is... Further, like presented, he's taken to Herod. He's taken to Pilate. What did Pilate say? I find no fault in him. Mm -hmm. You see that in John 19, 4. I find no fault in him. He's the authority speaking on behalf. He says, in effect, a perfect lamb. Mm -hmm. There is no fault in him. Mm -hmm. It's not just there for random. Like it's demonstrating a fulfillment in Jesus, in this Passover. This is the new Passover. He is a perfect lamb. It's just neat to kind of to see that. There's a lot more symbolism there, even in like, oh gosh, I could really geek out on this. Carrot. Yeah. But even down to how the lamb was roasted.
1: Oh yeah. Yep. It was, is it, was, it Saint Jerome who talks about that, or I don't remember. I don't recall. It, but somebody.
0: The lamb was roasted on a pit the shape of what? A cross. A cross.
1: Yeah, I think the instruction was that you would ha- you would basically skewer it but mm. down the back, and then you would tie the legs to the, the a side post. So it was basically in the form of a cross. Right. Yeah,
0: Yeah. there's nothing, like, just random. Yeah. It all points to something. It points to Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. We eat his flesh. We drink his blood. We have life. We have the new covenant. We enter into that promised land.
1: Right. Almost as if it was God's design. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Almost, right?
1: Right. <laughs> I think that Fred is uh, sitting over here like there's I could geek out about all of this. So there's a (laughs) lot that could be pulled in. Um, And like we mentioned, there's several books that could be uh, assets if you're actually looking Mm -hmm. to continue diving into this. But we're going to close with what the church says about um, the Last Supper, because our next episode is going to be taking the mass um, and talking about how, okay, how is the mass now? the new memorial the new remembrance in the passover so the church says in the catechism 1340 by celebrating the last supper with his apostles in the course of the passover meal jesus gave the jewish passover its definitive meaning jesus's passing over to his father by his death and resurrection the new passover is anticipated in the supper and celebrated in the eucharist which fulfills the jewish passover and anticipates the final Passover of the church in the glory of the kingdom.